Lester, and today on Living in the Pages, I speak with New York Times bestselling authors Vi Keelan and Penelope Ward. We discuss couch potatoes, the fun of co-writing, word counts, the blue note, Gideon and Kellen. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having us, Willow. Thank you for joining me. Tell me where you're both from. I am in uh, Rhode Island currently, uh, about 15 minutes outside of Providence. I'm from Boston originally, but I live in Rhode Island now. Okay. And I'm from New York. I'm about a half an hour outside of the city in Long Island. And what about you, Vi? <laughs> that was Oh, that was Vi. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Penelope's in Rhode Island. That was me first, and then oh. Vi is in New York. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You sound so similar. Do we? Oh my God! You I, do. I have a strong New York accent and don't know it. <laughs> she would hate to hear that. That's offensive to her. <laughs> no. Okay, I yeah. hear it. Yeah, Penelope sounds like she comes from nowhere. Just perfectly formed sentences and words, and and I sound like, <laughs> I sound like I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> but I, I should have a strong Boston accent, but I must have lost it over the years. I grew up right in the city, but I just never picked it up. You should claim it with pride. Yeah. So how did you guys get to know each other? We were in a box set together um, back when box sets were a little bit more popular, and mm-hmm. um, once that box set you know, came and went, we had thrown a couple of our books in this box set with some other authors. We decided to just stay in touch and um, we just were talking every day. And one day I just, we were joking around really. And I sent her a fake book cover and it said cocky bastard on it. (laughs) I said, what do you think of this for a book? And we just kind of started joking about it initially. And then we started tossing ideas back and forth. Like, what would this story be about kind of thing? Like, yeah. you know, and then, yeah, then then we said, hey, should we write it? And then we kind of just started from there and we didn't tell anybody we were writing. You know, we just figured it, well, let's see if it's going to work out first. Mm-hmm. And then once we almost had an entire book, then we announced that we were coming out with it. So it. that's sort of how it started. I loved that one because the title is so funny and it had way more depth than I was expecting it to yeah. with that title. <laughs> we hear that a lot. Like, you know, when you pick a title like that, there's risk and there's reward. Um, yes. I think, you know, the, the the title certainly was a little bit edgy and controversial, but then, you know, yeah, people do say, oh, this was so much more than I ever expected. So, I yeah. love those hidden treats like that. <laughs> Dare we bring up Cocky Gate? Because <laughs> your book is the first one I thought of when that yeah. whole debacle yeah, came out. Yeah, it was the first one that most people thought of. Um, I think, you know, uh, that's just, you know, how it how it happened. And, you know, we, um, we really kind of stayed out of that in terms of uh, our opinion, just because so many people were mentioning us because mm-hmm. our book, Cocky Bastard, was pretty much the first book that people, re- well, most people remembered that right. with the name Cocky in it. So we <laughs> sort of were getting... Um, involved inadvertently just right. by people constantly mentioning our book. So we just sort of sat back and watched it unfold like everyone did. <laughs> yes. But we, um, you know, we're pleased with the recent developments of Good. her withdrawing the yes. trademark. And it was almost like we didn't have to say a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so. We just felt like we'd kind of be bullying her if we jumped on board with everybody else already. If once we started to come out and, and say that we were upset about it or something like that, then it just, you know, we have, I have 12, 12, 13,000 people in my little reader group. She has the same. Mm-hmm. We just feel like we caused people just to gang up on her. And right. we really didn't know this author at all or what her intentions yeah. were. Just keep kind of keep it at least clean. That's kind of you guys. I appreciate that because you're right. It could have gotten way more out of hand. Yep. You're both very prolific writers, each having 
a large backlist of bestsellers, which is incredible. And I love that you decided to join forces. How often do you plot and plan a project? And- <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you answer that, by. <laughs> We're not very good plotters. We basically know maybe one page of stuff when we start. We'll, we'll know maybe what the twist is, what we're building towards, mm-hmm. and kind of who the characters are. Like with Cocky Bastard, we probably knew it was a road trip, and he was an Aussie, and she was, you know, a, a relocating attorney. And then we just basically start writing. And it's it's a really cool experience because we're part reader and part writer. And mm-hmm. sometimes I can't wait to get, you know, I can't wait to read her section. Mm-hmm. And then I get to the end of it and I'm pissed because <laughs> what's happen next. And that's up to me. So yeah. we're it's just, funny how that works. Yeah, we have a good time doing it, and but we're not really uh, plotters. The only time we had to do a little bit of plotting was when we wrote a duet, which was Rebel Air and Rebel, Rebel Heart. Mm-hmm. And that actually caused us some stress because it made us feel like we were changing the way we were writing. It took the excitement out of it as the reader part of it and mm-hmm. kind of put us on a script. But we couldn't release book one when book two didn't have all the missing pieces in it. So we, we were forced to do it that way. Yeah, we like the more improvisational way of doing things. It's sort of like how, why we started co-writing was really more for fun than mm-hmm. anything else. It right. really wasn't, you know, hey, we can, you know, if we combine forces, we can. It wasn't like that. We each had our own um, reader bases and mm-hmm. we just really wanted to write together for fun. And mm-hmm. so we like that improvisational way of doing things where we're surprising each other with where we take the story. I love that. <laughs> Do you ever not like where the other one has gone with it? <laughs> oh, or, you know I'm in that one, Pay. <laughs> you, take, you take that. You take it. <laughs> very, I have to say, uh, honestly, I admit, very rarely. Uh, we don't change each other's work. We very, unless there's an error, we a typo, or I have a tendency to call characters the wrong name. Um, we don't fix each other's work. We don't edit a single word. We just keep going. We read back, and we might fix a typo. That's it. But whatever direction that person took, we've been this way since the beginning. We just trust that it's the right direction in each other and keep going. Yeah. But there have been a couple little <laughs> where, and I didn't change it, so I want to, want to put that out there, where he likes to be a little, um, I don't know what the right word would be. Gross. Gross? Yes. <laughs> now, I, and I don't mean that in a sexy kind of way. Just something that I'm very, I, I get... I get weirded out about things. So, for example, we had written Playboy Pilot, and the main character is taking care of an older man in his complex. And she just added in on her scene how he's touching his crusty toenails and cutting uh. and describing them how they're. He, he was a nice guy, and he helped this old man cut his toenails, and that's what he did. But you know, like I, you know, she's more squeamish than I am, you know. So she'll be like, "What did you just write?" Crusty toenails happen. <laughs> Absolutely no. She's laughing when she's doing it. Yeah, totally. Probably it knowing how much story. it's gonna bug you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's the only time, and I don't, I haven't changed it, and it was right only there. a couple of occasions. Yeah, exactly. I don't do that all the time, but. Yeah, we don't, we definitely don't. And if, you know, if I have like an idea for the story and say she took it in a different direction, then it's always going to come back to me and I can always sort of swing it around to the idea I had in my head or incorporate something I might have thought of later on in the story. So it's, mm. it's interesting. There's always ways of um, around if you're not, you know, expecting something to kind of turn it around anyway to what you were thinking. Right. And then the other person turns it around to what they're thinking. But somehow it just ends up being one you know, cohesive story. Do you ever struggle with um, one of you 
writing a bunch and feeling it and the other one not? Well, I think we go through the, we go through stages, I think, where, you know, our solo books sometimes are taking up more of our headspace. Mm-hmm. But I always, I mean, I, I can't think of anything specific in, in that regard. I, I always tend to appreciate the break that the co-write gives me from my other book because we're always each writing two books at once. Mm. So sometimes it's nice to close out one work in progress and enter another world. And, and, yeah. and that gives you time to take a break from that other story so that by the time you get it back, it's fresh again. I think if anything, it's maybe a little bit at the beginning that we, that me anyway, I struggle yeah. a little bit. Sometimes she might see the direction clearer or actually be able to visualize it a little bit clearer. And then there's always some point where, you know, I'm writing and all of a sudden she writes one little scene and then I, I like something about the way the hero, um, you know, has some little quirk or something. And then, she, you know, I might embellish on it in my scene and then it becomes that hero's little quirk. So once that starts kicking in, which is usually a couple chapters in, I, I feel like we roll really well. It's, if anything, it's just the beginning, which is a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds like you both are writing a lot of words every day. Is um, that true? <laughs> I actually mm-hmm. stick to about a thousand a day, which is not a lot for a full-time author. Um, but I do make sure to really, to, to meet my weekly goals. So if I don't write a thousand one day, then I make sure to write 2000 the next. And it, it, I have to somehow in my head end up with the goal that I had um, at the end of the week. So I do stick to a schedule, but I don't require a lot of myself um, each day. Hmm. I'm not that different. She writes a thousand words a day, seven days a week. I take Sunday off. So I'm, I'm 1500 words a day, six days a week. And it always blows my mind. I, I've talked to some authors and um, Marie Force, um, mm-hmm. Lauren Blakely, they are just so prolific. They can write 8,000 words, 10,000 words a day. And I'm lucky if I get, that's a great week for me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's more that we don't take time off, but what I feel like per day, I'm probably way below average, uh, the typical full-time author. I love hearing about the whole process. And I think you're right. The staying at it every day, every day, every day is the key. Yeah. I think so. It's so important. So tell Mm -hmm. us about the inspiration for Hate Notes, which released on November 6th. Congratulations, (laughs) by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, I haven't gotten to read it yet. (laughs) We started wanting to write something a little bit different. We we always kind of experiment with our co-writes a little bit more, writing a duet or doing a series of books that are standalone, something that we haven't done in our solo work. So we wanted to kind of lean a little bit towards women's fic a little bit more, a little bit more about the heroine. Um, We usually, you know, start a book one way with the hero right away. We wanted to develop the heroine a little bit more and maybe take this book to trade and develop, kind of move in a different direction for our co-writes for at least this project. So, so it started with the idea of this wedding dress, this, Poor, poor girl, you know, her engagement is called off and now she's broke and going to a secondhand store to sell up her wedding dress. And while she's there, she finds a wedding dress with a blue note, um, you know, sewn into it. And she sort of, she's, even though she's been down on love, she's very romantic at heart and she becomes a little bit obsessed with the writer of the blue note. And so it really oh. starts out as her story instead of their story, which normally we would start out with his story or their story. Yeah. yeah, or have them meet, which they, they don't actually meet instantly in this one. Um, so she's, yeah, she finds this note and she becomes uh, really interested in who wrote it and she does a little research 
<laughs> and the story kind of unfolds from there. I love how even in this interview, one of you can just pick right up where the other one <laughs> left off. <laughs> that's yeah, that's great. how it goes. It's funny when people ask us all the time, we'll go do a Q&A for somebody and they'll say, did you write this part? Or did you write the hero? And she wrote the heroine. Or did you write chapter one? And she wrote chapter three. And we both write both characters. And the funny thing is sometimes I'll leave her off in the middle a middle of a chapter, just kind of at the end of a paragraph, and she will just pick it up at the next paragraph and vice versa. So I think we've got yeah, like, to doing that. Yeah. Like the next, the character will respond to what the other person is saying. Oh, that's just, great. Uh, yeah, it's just, it literally is um, just like tossing a ball back and forth, and then when you're done, you're done. You know, okay, well, right. look, I've written my 4,000 here. Yeah. <laughs> is it hard for you now to write on your own now that you're used to bouncing off one another? Well, I will say it is easier to co-write because mm-hmm. – Number one, you get a break from the story, whether you like it or not. That's always a nice thing. And then you also don't have to overthink things too much because you don't know the direction that the other person's going to take it in. Mm-hmm. So you give yourself this permission to just sit back and write your part and take a break from it and not think about it. And when you get it back, all of a sudden the other person points you in a new direction and then you can just take it from there. So it's more fun for sure. I mean, we, we both still solo write, we'll always still solo write, but it's definitely more fun to co-write. Ah, that's great. Let's do a fast five where I will ask you questions and you both answer off the top of your head. At the same time or? No, <laughs> take turns. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> How long does it take you to get ready? 40 minutes. 40 minutes from the time I have my coffee till I'm showered and ready to go. Okay. I have three kids. You don't get much longer than that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I'm quick. I'm about 25 minutes. I, I take a very, very quick shower. <laughs> Couch potato or fitness guru? Couch potato. Oh, yeah. sadly, um, I am also a couch potato. I think it comes with the territory of being a writer, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I try to get out once a day and, and walk, but I am extremely immobile for the most part. And that needs to change. (laughs) Who is your favorite book boyfriend? Oh, Oh, that's a hard one. I know yours. I think by. Yeah. Mine is easy. Gideon. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I, so my favorite hero, I would say is probably Kellen Kyle from Thoughtless. Uh, That was, that was like the one of the series that I actually just binge read like early on and just never stopped for like three days and was just in this total fog. And I loved Mm -hmm. being in that state. Last book you read and loved. Mm. The Wife Between Us. Mm. I have not read that it's yet. Twisty, read it. Okay, I <laughs> um, will. Mine would be "The Idea of You" by Robin Lee. Mm-hmm. I really liked that book. It was very um, nice, forbidden, older woman, younger guy romance. Loved it. What's the best age? I would like to say that my current age is the is the best age, but it, I don't know if I really feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked being like thirty two. I would mm-hmm. say I'm forty. I'm forty three, but uh, you know, I feel like you know everything now feels a little bit more like rushed. Like I don't have a, a ton of time to no. get everything I want done. You know, I became an author late in my thirties, so mm-hmm. um, I would love to be thirty two again. I'd say. <laughs> I think probably for me, it's it's now as well, and and mostly because I finally have some freedom, some time to myself. Up until April last year, I, I was an attorney. I still worked as an attorney full-time and wrote on the side full-time. Oh. At one time, my kids were playing eight sports. So I was wow. an active parent in writing and still, I was really close to burnout. And um, so the last, I left my job April 1st after 20 years. Oh and um, 
And I, and my kids are now older, so I don't have to, you know, they don't have to be driven to after school sports. They just go right after school themselves. And, um, you know, I have kids in college now, so I have freedom now. And so it's probably now. I don't feel like I'm going to have a nervous breakdown most days anymore. I've never met either one of you. Will I see you at any signings next year? Well, I know I will. And I'm very excited because W comes after V. So I'm not last on a list for a change. So, so I see that your name is usually, you know, it's, it's via the last person on the list yep. when they post something. So now a book bonanza, I have Yay. Willow after me. Ah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I need to hunt you down. <laughs> I actually, I don't fly, um, unfortunately. So I, okay. that's, I hate admitting that, but I'm basically afraid to fly and I don't fly. So I do do signings like more on the north, uh, northeast coast. I do mm-hmm. signings in Philly and Boston and those areas. Um, so I'll be at a couple of signings, but just Boston in, in April and okay. Philly in November of 2019. What are your favorite things to do besides reading and writing? <laughs> I'm, an outdoor, I'm a person who doesn't sit in general. I, when I say I'm a couch potato, it doesn't mean I actually sit on the couch. I just mean I <laughs> don't exercise. I don't, I'm not a television person. I'm just active. Yeah. Um, I'm a water person. So we have mm-hmm. a boat and jet skis and, you know, mm-hmm. the kids are active. I'm a water person. So the beach, I love the beach. I love going out on the mm-hmm. boat. I wish it was summer year round. Me too. <laughs> so okay. I, I am kind of a couch potato homebody type. Um, I love to watch reality television. <laughs> and, um, I don't have a lot of outdoorsy hobbies, but I really need to get into some, I, I, my husband just bought me a nice bike with a basket on it. Really pretty and cute. Aww. So to get into, to riding my bicycle more before the winter comes, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a terrible homebody, and I need to change that. Well, but you have an excuse. You you know, yeah. you're always home with your daughter. I have no excuse. Yes, I have. My daughter um, is severely autistic, so oh. she keeps me very busy. <laughs> and I have a son as well. So my son is 12, my daughter's 13. That is a busy age. Yes. No matter what. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it's time for us to sing a song. Oh. Did you guys know we do songs at the end of the podcast? Guy's favorite thing to do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't stop being on that. <laughs> I didn't know. No. I was thinking maybe girls just want to have fun. Sure. Okay. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> I saw Cindy Lauper in concert when I was eight. Oh, fun. My brother took me. He was like a teenager, and he took me in at the Boston <laughs> Common. I love her. No. My favorite is True Colors, I think. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. My favorite is She-Bop, I think. I don't oh, know. I can't yeah, that's that. it. Who's <laughs> the ham in this relationship? <laughs> oh. Okay, let's see. How does that go? I come home in the morning like my yes. father. What, what you going to do with your life? When is you that what happens? Yep. I want to... Wait. <laughs> oh, mother dear. We're not the fortunate <laughs> ones. But girls, they want to have fun. Oh, girls just want to have fun. Yep. The phone rings in the middle of the night. My father. Yes. Is that, that what you said? <laughs> what are going to do with your life? Oh, daddy dear. You know, I don't know how the verse yeah, goes. Yeah, you're still number one. But girls, they want to have fun. Oh, girls, just want to have fun. See, I don't know they really want. Yeah, yeah. Some fun. And the working day is done. Oh, girls, they want to have fun. Oh, girls, they want to have fun. There we go. 
Yay! Okay. <laughs> Willa, I love that you didn't actually know all the words, but yet chose that song. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of bad about that. <laughs> well, thanks again so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. You. This was me. a pleasure. Thank yeah, you for asking fun. us to come on. Oh, Thank you're you. You're welcome. And I can't wait to read your next book, Hate Notes. It sounds great. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I, I will see you that. next summer, I guess. Yay, at Book Bonanza. Good. Okay. I will look for you. Okay, take care. Right, thank you. Take care. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye. They're so fun. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Please share with your friends. Leave a review on iTunes or a comment on my website and share the word. Thanks so much.